You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This is the 415ers podcast brought to you by the Odyssey Sports Podcast Network with 95.7 The Game. That's Mark Grandy. I'm Evan Giddings. Check us out on the Odyssey app. Download, rate, subscribe. Also on the 95.7 The Game YouTube channel. Like and subscribe while you are there. Okay, Mark, well, let's let's just get right to it. Kind of the, the biggest position battles to watch for in training camp. And you alluded to the wide receivers room, and I'm, I'm interested in what you think could be going on there because I have a couple of positions that I'll be looking at a bit more intently uh, but it sounds like it's not necessarily about who's going to be in that room as opposed to what the hierarchy of that room will be. Exactly right. This is maybe wouldn't be my my top position battle to watch for because it's, it's not really a position battle in the sense of one of these guys is the starter and one of them isn't. I think it's the battle for who's wide receiver one this year. I think it's going to be a fascinating story all season long because you have, as we just laid out, what Debo Samuel is trying to prove this season. 2021, he was an all-pro, the most unique offensive weapon in the entire league. Last year, not all that important to the team's success. it, It feels wrong to say that, but he had a couple of crazy moments here or there. That wild catch and run against the Rams early in the season stands out to me, but he didn't have nearly the kind of season that he did in 2021. And now he's had an entire offseason where it feels like he's better equipped and more prepared to come in and dominate again. So how does that look? And then you have on the other side, Brandon Ayuk, who's entering his contract extension year. A year from now, exactly 12 months from now, we will not be talking about Nick Bosa's potential contract extension. We will be talking about Brandon Ayuk's potential contract extension if the 49ers haven't already moved on from him at this point next year. That's a question as well. So Ayuk, assuming he wants to stay a 49er, and he's a California kid, I think he does. How how is he going to show out in this year, which is really important for his future in the NFL? Again, it was Debo Samuel's 2021 year that catapulted him into the contract he currently has that he got 12 years ago. Does Brandon Ayuk have a similar jump forward? I think we're going to see a competition here between Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. It'll kick off in training camp, but I think it will continue all season long, not in a, a way that's going to hurt the team or damage the team's chances at winning games, but just uh, in a way in which these two guys are both trying to assert their dominance and show that they are the number one wide receiver for an offense that shouldn't have too much difficulty putting up some points. And it's really already started. Earlier this week, uh, Brandon Ayuk on Instagram put up a post, and, and one of the lines was something along the lines of, hey, and if you're wearing a white jersey, which means, hey, def- my defensive guys in training camp, and then it was the, the middle finger emoji. Like, it, F you is basically what he said. And it's obviously good-natured and fun, but it seems like he is a man on a mission entering this training camp, Evan. So I am just fascinated watching the battle for wide receiver one between Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk, because I think this can be a storyline literally all season long. Yeah, and to support your point, you look at the 2024 cap hits. Uh, who's number one? Debo Samuel, yep. $28 million. Brandon Ayuk is going to be looking at a $14 million cap hit. That is half. And so if he is a more productive receiver this season, there could be decisions 
that come in this offseason uh, that will affect both of them. I, I'm, I'm with you. I, like, I, I do think it's interesting. It's interesting, interesting to find out who that top guy is going to be on the outside. Um, but to me, look, it, it's, it's got to revolve around the quarterbacks. I know that we spent time discussing Brock Purdy and the likelihood of him being available to start week one, September 10th in Pittsburgh. But to me, because of the history of the position and also what's at stake for the two guys behind Brock Purdy, I think the backup quarterback position is what everyone is going to have their eyes on and really maybe the most intriguing storyline in all of NFL training camps just because of how much of a question mark the quarterback seems to be in San Francisco. This is a massive, massive training camp for Trey Lance, as well as Sam Darnold. And I would go so far as to say that the winner of the QB2 job in San Francisco is going to change their career arc for the better or for the worse. We talk about how Sam Darnold was brought in this offseason for a hefty price, right? $4.5 million. That's a lot to be a QB3. And so that might kind of tell you that, you know, maybe he's got the inside track to the backup job. That's going to be up for grabs because they're both going to be getting first team reps as they did in OTAs. But if you take a look ahead at what Trey Lance has coming his way financially in 2024, there's an $11 million cap hit for Trey Lance. I cannot imagine the San Francisco 49ers wanting that on their ledger if he's the third string quarterback this season. So to me, if Trey Lance can't beat out Sam Darnold for the backup job, maybe he's not given a fair shake. Maybe he can't earn it. There's been a lot of videos circulating about his new throwing motion. He looks great. We'll see what happens when he steps behind center. But if Trey Lance can't be QB2 in 2023 because of the amount of money that he is owed, I, I, I Mark, I can't see him being in a 49ers uniform next season. Nevertheless, finishing out his contract in Santa Clara and getting that fifth year that everyone had hoped he would as the number three overall pick. So that kind of drags my memory and gets me thinking about this a little bit. If you were to put like a percentage chance, uh, you know, so-and-so makes the the team's week one roster, they make the 53-man roster. Obviously, Brock Purdy is 100% a lock. Like there, there's no question about it. He's, he's making the team's roster. I would venture to guess that Sam Darnold has a higher possibility of being on the roster than Trey Lance. And I only say that not necessarily because I think Sam Darnold is a much better quarterback than Trey Lance. But Sam Darnold was signed this offseason by the 49ers, obviously with the intention of him being on the roster. Not saying that the intention isn't to have Trey Lance on the roster. But who is potentially more likely to be traded? It's Trey Lance. So as wild as it might seem, Evan, I think Sam Darnold is the second most likely player quarterback to be on the 49ers roster and what might uh I don't know lead that into happening what might lead Trey Lance to not being on the 49ers roster it's if potentially Sam Darnold beats out Trey Lance for QB2 spot the 49ers still seem at least somewhat okay with uh you know Brandon Allen and then some other team comes knocking maybe a, a, a Tampa Bay uh, who knows who else might come knocking to, to try to acquire a Trey Lance. Um, that's just something that that kind of popped into my mind as you were talking about that battle for QB2. There is a world, Evan, in which Trey Lance isn't on the roster come week one for the 49ers, not because the Niners cut him and didn't make the team, 
but because of what else happened around Trey Lance at the quarterback position in training camp that the 49ers felt comfortable moving off of him. I'm not saying I think it's going to happen, but there is a, a world in which something like that could happen. No, I wouldn't rule anything out at this point. I still see Trey Lance's value being more to the 49ers than to anyone else Probably, in which yeah. they would receive anything in a trade. And that's the primary reason. It's not a good reason, but that's the primary reason why I think he's still in Santa Clara. If they could have gotten something worth of value this offseason, I, I think there would have been more than just smoke and the rumors surrounding different teams in Trey Lance. I think there would have been some fire too. Uh, as far as other position battles to watch for, to me, I think, look, we're talking about Nick Bosa, discussing him earlier. Who's going to be his running mate on the opposite side? Mm -hmm. That left uh, left or right defensive end spot opposite Nick Bosa. Is it going to be Drake Jackson? Well, ideally, he's got the inside track of the job, but he was a bit disappointing in his rookie season. So he's got to make a big jump. Is it going to be Cleveland Farrell? Austin Bryant was brought in this offseason. There's not a whole lot of depth at defensive end beyond Nick Bosa. And not to say you're assuming in injury, but if Nick Bosa misses a couple of games this season, Mark, they're very thin at that spot. And so I'm looking to see who's going to step up and make their presence known because that is a very important position and has been in the past for the 49ers. Yeah, I think it's also uh, something to keep an eye on in terms of the interior of the defensive line as well, because you're right, they don't have a lot of depth there either. I mean, you have Armstead and Hargrave who are locks when healthy to start there alongside Nick Bosa. And then most likely Drake Jackson, as you said, um, Javon Kinlaw is a lock to make the roster, but nowhere near a lock to stay healthy and have an effective season. What else do they have on the interior? So I'm not necessarily looking at a position battle at, in terms of a starter on the interior of the defensive line, but who's, who's your number one guy? I mean, Armstead and, and Hargrave aren't playing every snap. Who are you rotating in on a consistent basis to spell those guys, I'll be keeping an eye on that. Another one on the defensive side, uh, it's the 49ers' highest draft pick, Jair Brown. Uh, is he going to be able to unseat potentially to Sean Gibson early in his rookie season? It all, it all signs point towards it happening eventually, Evan. Gibson signed to just a one-year contract. I wouldn't be shocked at all if, say, by week 10, Brown is starting games, whether it's because of an injury elsewhere or he just popped enough and and you know deserved to be the starter how quickly does that process take place is it something you can see developing in the cards right now as camp opens that's one that i'll be keeping an eye on because if there is a rookie who can burst onto the scene evan it's most likely him a big reason, of course, he was the Fordaners' top pick, which doesn't guarantee anything, but he was also drafted into a position group where it seems like even right now he's already one spot away from starting. There are some other options, um, but you can't really say that on all of the other spots. So uh, Jair Brown, I'll be uh, keeping a close eye on him, and if potentially he's able to to unseat uh, Tashawn Gibson early on at that safety spot alongside Talanoa Hufanga. Yeah, I mean, obviously, out, outside of Jake Moody, uh, who's going to probably be, be, be the starting kicker, yeah. I, I would say Jair Brown is is definitely a rookie to keep your eyes on. Um, I would also throw Cameron Latu into that mix, not necessarily because George George Kittle isn't a great tight end, nor is is Charlie Warner, Ross Dwelly, but just because I I think that when you when you spend that high of a pick on a guy, you're expecting him to at least challenge for a rotating spot at tight end. 
Uh, mainly looking at Warner and Dwelly, who have been kind of underwhelming. Yeah. Warner's on the last year of his rookie deal. Uh, Dwelly is not necessarily outstanding, and they've been looking for someone as kind of an heir apparent to George Kittle. They haven't found him yet, but uh, could be Cameron Latu. So, yeah, Moody, Brown, and Latu, I think, are the three. And, of course, those were their three third-round picks. 